going to need this house no longer. All right, we are in Daniel 9. I, I wanted to say a word I heard from uh, Mark Powers this morning. And Mark said the, those that went to Belize got there safely. And um, they've been doing some work, getting ready to get some backpacks out. And everyone's excited. And uh, he was grateful for that. He dropped Dorothy off at the airport, headed home. Thinks he's got the flu. And uh, grateful that uh, hopefully she's showing no signs of it. So continue to remember them. And of course, we have a blessing with those who are able to be ministering. Uh, turn me to Daniel chapter 9. I want to read from verses 20 through the end of the chapter as we're looking at section of scripture calling the foundation of prophecy. A very powerful section of scripture that reminds us of, you know, as we're singing this morning, thinking about the wonderful news that Jesus came and the wonderful news that Jesus will come again. Both wrapped up in this package of Scripture, this section of Scripture that speaks so powerfully. Uh, but turn me Daniel chapter 9. Ask when you find that to stand in God's honor as I read verse 20 at the end of the chapter. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for His holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding as soon as you began to pray. An answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision Seventy sevens are decreed for your people in your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know and understand this from the issue of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes. There will be seven sevens. 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Let's pray. Oh, Master, what good news. We don't understand it fully because for now, um, this old house does ache a bit. And uh, Father, it's easy to put so much into it. Not to neglect it, but to understand that there is a home beyond this home. There is a more than we understand or more that we can see. But by faith, it's there. And Father, one day we'll be with you fully. For now we catch a glimpse, one day we will be there. 
And Father, as we look at this prophecy, so many have spoken of. and Father, it is just a wonderful promise. I pray you help me, Father, to, to be able to speak and make sense, Father. Sometimes I'm afraid I ramble. Help me not do that, God. Help me to be filled with your spirit. May we just worship you, the living God. Guide us. Christ's name we pray. Amen. As you look at this section of Scripture, um, actually the focus of 24 through 27, but you find Daniel in verse 20 after this time of prayer, and God answers, and He sends this one, and Gabriel. You know, it's interesting that the name means strong one of God. This strong one, this strong man of God who was the angel Gabriel in the form that Daniel could see, in in the form of a man. But he came before Daniel. In answer to prayer, God sent him. He, He sent him as comfort. And it says, God says, I dispatched him when you prayed. And, you know, before I even get into the prophecy, you know, I began to think about that. There's people here who are hurting and you find yourself deep in prayer and you're seeking God and there's a comfort in knowing that God sends out His dispatch when He hears the cry. There's a comfort in knowing that He is at work even though often we can't see His work. And as He speaks, as He sends sends Gabriel to to take this message, to dispatch this message, to to give this out, it's a message of hope. And Daniel couldn't understand fully, I believe, what was told to him. And much of this we see because it's become history, and yet there's still a part of it that is not history, but that is in the future that we can behold. And, and, And so let's just march down through here. At verse 24, he starts out here and the term 77s are decreed. It is a unit of time that is not clearly given to us. It's just the word sevens. But in studying in the context of scriptures, it seems evident. It's not talking about days, but it is talking about years. And is actually broken down into three segments that are spoken here as we go through this prophecy as it is revealed Uh, The first section of Scripture that it talks about here in verse 25, from the issuing of the decree to restore and build Jerusalem, the anointed one. And as you look at that section of Scripture, and as you go in Nehemiah, as he was the cupbearer of the king, and he, he was sent out by the king in order to go back and with orders to rebuild Jerusalem. As this section of scripture was fulfilled. And as you go through that next section of scripture. And the weeks that are given. It leads up to the time of Christ. And and I want to look. This is from W.A. Criswell's commentary. W.A. Criswell who. A pastor of First Baptist Dallas for many years. And this is an interesting point that he shares. He says the Jewish calendar was based on lunar years. Our calendar has 365 days, a solar calendar, but the Jewish calendar has 360 days. Every few years, the Jews added a month to keep their calendar seasonal. When one converts these years from solar years 
to the lunar years, he loses several years. The end of the 434 years mentioned in Daniel would come out to A.D. 33. And we know what A.D. 33, that year, signified. That third year of the ministry of Jesus Christ. As we come up to this time of year and we worship the fact that the one who came as a baby left that human form as a savior. As a resurrected one who came and died for us. And that amount of time leads us to Luke chapter 19. Turn with me there. As you follow that calendar, that segment of time, this is where many scholars believe it's amazing how Scripture time frames leads us to sections. And it comes out to Luke 19, and I just want to start reading at verse 28. After Jesus has said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them as they were untying the colt. Its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the cold and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So what is the picture here? It, it goes from the temple being rebuilt. It goes from Nehemiah being sent to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. To that next section of sevens. That leads us all the way to this moment in the scriptures. Of Jesus Christ who is on that road. And they're seeing Hosanna in the highest. It's the palm branches. It's, it's the recognition of the king has come. You see, there's this beautiful recognition of the sevens that comes to the fulfillment of God's promise in Jesus Christ. Who now has made his triumphal entry. You go a little bit further here and, and you see that the Pharisees and the crowd, some of those rebuked Jesus' disciples. And his answer of our Lord in verse 40, he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet... The stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now is hidden from your eyes. What's he say? He says, Guys, this is fulfillment. It is fulfillment of the prophecy given to Daniel, and, and I have arrived. And you're missing me. You're missing the triumphal entry. God's promise that's brought to you. And as he looked over the city, he wept. And, and thus now, the part of us who looks back on history, the fact that Jesus has come. 
And, and that he says, enter into my life. Receive my forgiveness. Know me as Savior. Know me as Lord. Know me as the promised Messiah. And yet, don't forget me. Don't miss me. And I wonder sometimes if he weeps as he looks at us. As we consider him more of an afterthought than the thought. You see, as we come, he's to be the thought. Our worship goes clearly to God when our worship is aimed at Jesus. Because he's the promised one. He's the Messiah. Even the rocks, he said, would cry out if praise didn't come from the lips of the people. You know, it made me think of Romans chapter 8. Um, let me just turn there and start trying to quote it. But in Romans chapter 8, there's a section of Scripture that talks about the fact of creation, which for presently we're under a curse, but there will be a day where that glory of Christ will be clear and that curse will be removed. And he starts in verse 19 of chapter 8 of Romans. He says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You see, there, there is this praise. He said the rocks would even cry out all of creation when Jesus crossed through the streets. When he said, I'm the victorious one and I'm marching in. And yet there's still this, in Romans this described, there's still this longing for all of creation to be restored and for Christ to be on the throne. And that's His second coming. That's His return again to take that throne that's rightfully His that we wait upon, that we long for, that within us there's that, that longing. Now, back to Daniel chapter 9. Is, look at this prophecy. There are six truths that are shared in here, uh, in verse 24, that I want to just briefly look at here. Uh, notice the work that is described here in these 77s of this coming prophecy that's decreed here in Daniel. He says the first one here, he says it's decreed for your people, and it's decreed for your holy city. What's decreed? First is to finish transgression. Actually, be translated to bring an end to the rule of transgression. You know, right now we battle with the curse that has come since in the Garden of Eden. But there will be a time where the King of Kings will be upon His throne, where His new kingdom will be in control and will be in charge. There will be a time where this battle with, with sin won't be what rules It'll be as it's meant to be. Secondly, that goes along with that and beside that, he says to put an end to sin. Won't it be great when the very presence of sin won't be, won't be the struggle? Man, I hate it sometimes, you know. Sometimes I get so disgusted with me. And I don't have time to worry about what you're doing. I get disgusted with what I'm doing. And he says that in this prophecy that comes, sin, it not only is it paid for in where we're going, it's going to be done away with. It's be sealed. It's power removed. Man, what a, what a blessing that comes before us. And, and then thirdly, to atone 
for wickedness. That is simply talking about the cross. That is simply talking about what's around the corner from his triumphal entry is his triumphal work, Calvary. And so as he taught, you know, it's amazing. You look back in Daniel so many years before, and, and there there is this prophecy that, that is fulfilled in, in that transgression, in, in that it will not rule, but Christ will rule. That there will be an end of sin, and, and that battle will be removed that we have with sin. For now, wickedness is atoned for at the cross. And, and notice as he goes on, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Man, it's going to be awesome. Because it'll be as it's meant to be, not merely as we know it will be. Think about that. There will be that time where it's going to be right. Our thoughts will be right. Our hearts will be right. Our relationships will be right. Evil will not be a part of the mix. But we will be as we were before the fall. It'll, it'll be with that kind of power that, that our God will work. To seal up vision and prophecy. There will be no need for prophecy of what will be. Because it will be. We'll be with Jesus. We'll be under His rule. It will be as He set it up. And to anoint the most holy. It's interesting. There is a picture here depending upon um, how it's translated. To anoint the most holy or to anoint the holy place. Whether it's a person, whether it's a place that's described. And there's a reference here to the holy of holies that, that I kept running across in my studies. And of course, you know, the holy of holies is that very precious place which only the high priest could enter. Which only that one who was set aside to deal with the sins of the people. And even when he went in, you had that bell attached with a cord. And, and, and he'd pull it to make sure he was still alive as he went into that holy place that's reserved only for the one who is set aside for that, the holy one. And of course, Jesus is the one who fulfills that holy of holies. He is the holy one, but there is a holy place. And you know, as I think about heaven, as I think about the new Jerusalem, it says that the light of that city will be the very glory of God in Jesus Christ. And so I think in a sense, both these are true, that there's the holy place and there's the holy one who fills the holy place and brings meaning to the holy place. And our lives and our time and our hearts will be about worshiping Him. In that place and that person will be that time of Worship that comes before Him. So that brings us through the 49 weeks and that 483 years of those first sections of Scripture. And then it brings us to that last week. As we read here, uh, we've covered verse 26. It says, after the 62 sevens, as I've talked about, the anointed one will be cut off, will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end. And desolations have been decreed. And then we, as we read about this, we read about the last week here in verse 27. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. That is that last segment of history in which we are, we call it the church age. 
that section which we are experiencing that comes in between verses 26 and 27. And then verse 27, we talk about that end time where another prince takes the throne. As he talks about him, he says, He'll confirm a covenant for one seven in the middle of the seven. He will put an end to sacrifice and offering. This prince, this one, and we've been studying about him in the other visions, the other dreams that Daniel has been given by God. That there will be one who rises up, who wants to take the place of God. We describe him as the beast. We describe him as the Antichrist. We describe him as the one who appears to have the answers, but he doesn't have the answers. Matter of fact, in this scripture here, notice it says in verse 27, the middle of the seven, that part of the great tribulation where he will stamp out any of those who follow God, any of those who follow the sacrifice and the offering that's set up of God's people, he will seek to stamp out. And yet we know that his rule will not last forever, but it will have an end. He says here as he closes it, on the wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. But notice the last part, until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. He will not succeed. His rule will not be lasting. But there will come an end to his rule. As he will be defeated. As he will be thrust into a place that is for him and is for those unholy angels. As he follows that place, as he works. Now, I've tried to cover so much in such a short amount of time. I want to kind of tie this together. Just a few truths. First... It's amazing how God deals in specifics. I got a brain cramp trying to look at all these different scholars that would look at pegging together all these different years and bringing together all these prophecies and the truth. I thought, Lord, this is just too big for me. But the bottom line is, as Daniel was looking and he was hurting, God said, hey, the people are broken. The place to worship God is broken, but I'm going to restore it. And then he goes on and he says, people's hearts are broken. People's hearts are crushed, but I'm going to restore the heart and I'm going to do it by sending my son, the Savior, to pay the price for sin. And then he closes through that a battle will ensue and an antichrist will rise, one who is opposed to God, one who is opposed to Christ. But in the end, the victorious one is going to be on his throne and he's coming back. And that is our hope. As we think about Christmas, as we think about the fact He came, we have an even greater hope He's coming again. For those of us who have received Him, we look forward to being with Him. As He comes to take that rightful place. You know, it's amazing as you look at this. First, God deals in specifics. Well, you can go through here and looking through the difference of the lunar calendar and the solar calendar and how God brought these dates together and, and how the prophecy come together and how God deals in those specifics. And it reminds me that God cares about our specifics. We need to be more than like the little boy who'd get so tired at night. and You know, first he tried to pray for his mom and his dad and his friends and the whole world, but he got so tired. So finally he said, God, I just want you to bless the whole world. Then he came up with the idea that he just wrote on a piece of paper, God bless the whole world and taped it to his ceiling. So at night he'd just say, Go to sleep. God can bless the whole world. But what a blessing to 
catch a picture of how he's blessing. When we begin in relationship to ask him a little more specifically than God bless the world. God bless those who are in Belize now that we know who are reaching out and loving children and their families. God guide them to just the right place where those backpacks need to go. God, just take care of them. God, watch over them. And then to be able to hear them come back and to hear how God answered those prayers and how God worked. It's just one example. We need to be specific. We have a God who's specific. Secondly, He keeps His promises. He sent His Son, and His Son's coming back. He's kept His promises. He will keep His promises. First time He came as a suffering servant, Next time, he'll come as king of kings and lord of lords. And we can bet our lives on that. I love what Tony Evans said. It was funny the other night. Um, I had actually been thinking about it that day. We saw Andy Stanley on a Wednesday night, and he had made the same statement to Tony Evans. and said, Jesus didn't come. When Jesus comes back, he won't come to take sides. He'll come to take over. I like that. And he will. You see, right now, our hearts ache. Matter of fact, that section in Romans, I said, all of creation aches for God to make things as they're to be. But one day, they will. One day, God will be on His throne. One day, all of creation will be mended, will be redeemed. Part of His redemption, it's not just me. All will be redeemed through the finished work of Calvary. That's what we long for. That's what we hope for. And may that be what we live for. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at your word, Father, the simple truth is, I can't take a journey till I take that first step. And that first step is Jesus. We're all sinners. We all need to be forgiven. We all need a new start. And we all need to be bought back by you. That's what Calvary's about. And I pray that there if there is anyone here that for the first time the gospel's come alive and says, you know, I need to take that first step to trust Jesus Christ for a new life and a new hope. Father, it's not enough just to build a the temple you want to rebuild us. And your scripture defines us as the new temple that Jesus makes his home in. And that's what Calvary was all about. And Father, I, I just pray that hearts would be open and that you might make your home in one heart today. Father, I also pray for those of us who are your, in your family now. Father, give us a hunger and a longing for you to come again, Lord. For you to set up your kingdom. For you to mend and to heal not only us, but all of creation. So that we might enjoy as you want us to, Father. There's so much hurt. There's so much pain. And Father, you want to you wanna fix that. But that must come through Jesus. So I pray that you open hearts to Jesus. And that you open us to Jesus. So that the message might go out clearly. That Jesus wants to fix. So Father, may you do your work. In this time where we stand. This time where we sing. May we come as you call us to the altar to pray, to the front to make a decision before your people or to just decide right where we are as you lead us by the wonderful Holy Spirit. The key, Father, is may we obey. In Christ's name we pray.